Explore Milwaukee's past and its future, one building at a time. This is Urban Spelunking with On Milwaukee's Bobby Tanzillo and me, Nate Immig, from 88.9. Well, this week, Bobby, we're going to a 1927 commercial building right around 5th and King Drive in the Harambe neighborhood. And present day, I think what's the coolest part about the building is more and more Milwaukeeans are going to know and remember the name of the Harpole family, particularly Reuben and Mildred Harpole, who this building has been uh, dedicated to and whose legacy will live on because of their impact in Milwaukee. So this is a really incredible building, Bobby, that you got to visit that is... Um, Talk about transformation. It's another building that has become a real community anchor. Yeah, it's a beautiful building. And a couple of years ago when the Bader Foundation um, renovated a building across the street, um, I don't think I was the only one who, when I went and visited that building, looked at this building that we're talking about today and thought, hmm, wouldn't that be nice if that was next? <laughs> and in fact, it was. So what's inside? I and mean, when we talk about this being a, a real resource for the neighborhood, talk about your tour and, and visiting the building. Yeah, so what's in there now on the first floor is Sam's Place, which is um, a sort of jazz-themed coffee shop, cafe, restaurant run by Sam Belton, who is a jazz drummer, veteran jazz drummer. Um, and he's had a couple of restaurants called City Net Cafe. The first one was out in Enderis Park on the west side, later moved to downtown. So he sort of studied up on how to run a place at, at those businesses. And now he's got sure, a much yeah. bigger place that uh, he can keep his drums set up all the time, which is great because he has uh, live jazz in there often. Um, and then upstairs is the Shellem uh, Healing Center, which is sort of a wellness um, medical facility upstairs. So it's great that this building, which had been sitting empty for a while and before that had just been used by a, a relatively small church in the neighborhood, um, now is sort of swung its doors open to the neighborhood and has some things that the neighborhood not only um, will benefit from, but that the neighborhood really asked for um, because the building was uh, a development with the Bader Foundation, whose headquarters, as I say, were across the street. Um, but they said, you know, when they opened their building, they invited the neighborhood to come in and say, what are some of the things you want to see happen in the neighborhood? Um and they started using the old bank building across the street as a place to hold community meetings. And people were saying they wanted to have a restaurant run by somebody from the neighborhood that knows the neighborhood, knows what the neighborhood wants, needs, um, and then have some sort of um, holistic sort of alternative medicine kind of place. And they got both of those things. And the Bader Foundation people realized at the time, well, wait, maybe we can do those things right here in this building. And that's what they did. Yeah, it was cool to watch this open a little bit at a, at a time as as time went on. I, I we were covering the the Sam's the Sam spot and the healing center, and um, now the building fully open with this dedication to the Harpole family. So, for those who don't know, who is who is Reuben Harpole and, and his wife Mildred, and why were they honored with the naming of this building? So, Reuben grew up in that neighborhood and in the adjacent Lindsay Heights neighborhood, um, and worked at UWM for a long time um, and then actually worked um, as an executive with the Bader Foundation. So he was sort of key in a lot of community initiatives. Um, he and his wife were active in uh, civil rights and in doing uh, work in the community in the neighborhood. Um, they were involved in a lot of organizations like the um, 
performing arts group that later became Kothi Dance Company, um, Community Brainstorming Conference, Central City Teacher Project, like all these, just they've done so many varied and sort of important things on all sorts of levels that that it's almost hard to say which was the thing. <laughs> you know <laughs> right. what I mean? They're, they're so they're so deeply, they were so deeply rooted in the community and, and work that was going on in the community that uh, it just seemed like a natural that they should have a, a building named after them, especially one like this that sort of, again, also reaches into the community and, and uh, offers things that the community wants and needs. Yeah, I was just thrilled to see that, that uh, Ruben was able to attend that dedication as well and uh, to be there to see this, this building uh, bearing his name was just a really cool moment for Milwaukee. It's amazing, yeah. Well, coming up in the second part of our conversation, we're gonna we gotta geek out over the history, Bobby. So we're gonna. This has been here since the '20s, so it's nearly a hundred years old. The the history of the building. Oh yeah. Uh, more about the neighborhood as well. Coming up next on Urban Spelunking. It's the most charitable time of year, and we have a way for you to give a gift to Radio Milwaukee and yourself. Donate your unwanted car, truck, motorcycle, or boat, and let us take it off your hands. Your gift will support the music and stories you enjoy every day, and it may even qualify you for a tax deduction. Visit RadioMilwaukee.org cars to schedule your free donation pickup today. All right, we are back. Bobby uh, Harambe, yes. So... Um, 1927 is when this building was built, which gives us roughly 100 years of history to cover here. So where should we start on uh, <laughs> the history of this building? Um, we could start at the beginning, as they say. <laughs> I suppose. It makes the most yeah. sense. Let's, let's get into it. Yeah. So there was, um, you know, this the street. that street was actually originally called Green Bay Avenue, where it curves up there. And then it ultimately um, okay, okay. became part of King Drive when King Drive happened in the early 80s um and um there's a very very it was one of the major shopping streets in the city after wisconsin avenue then there was also upper third street um and mitchell street on the south side were big ones the biggest and so there was a neighborhood um businessmen's group up there who decided they kind of needed a bank and a bunch of them got together and formed a bank Somehow or another, and I can't tell you exactly how this happened, but um, most of their early investors were, quote unquote, prosperous farmers, which um, okay. when I ran this story, somebody said, wouldn't it be great if we could have prosperous farmers again? I thought that was, uh, was an interesting and probably correct take, right? Um, yeah, and there were farms in this section of Milwaukee too, right? The, yeah, but some of them the were city. probably... Yeah, some of them were probably not that far away, right? Right. You know, yeah. at that point, they got together, they got stockholders, and they hired an architect, and they built the first part of this building, uh, which now actually, thanks to an addition that was put on last year, um, has three phases. There was an early phase, which was sort of the corner where the clock is at the main entrance there. And then they added a little bit to the north, and then recently they added a bit more to the north. That's a prominent corner location, too. Much like the building we were talking about last week, these these corner lots um, kind of have this unique architectural character too, but certainly a lot of foot traffic at the time. Oh yeah, foot traffic, streetcars, cars, you know, I mean, buses, everything, uh, very busy street, very high kind of impact street in the neighborhood for sure. Um, and they spent a lot of money on this building and they put in like an amazing vault 
and it was a there was a big deal when they opened. They had a big event, and they you know the first day they got like um, forty five thousand dollars in deposits in its first day, which at the time was pretty oh wow amazing, yeah you know that that time of year. I mean that that year. Um, so then it just really became this kind of, and it also had offices upstairs for rent. So again, this was the kind of building where a whole neighborhood would come and they would do their banking and they would save money to buy their own houses. They'd go to get mortgages. And um, over time it affiliated with other banks. Um, first, the second ward savings bank, which is what used to be in the building where the um, historical society is now. Okay. And then ultimately it became um, a branch of the first Wisconsin group. Got it. Okay. Just a few years after it was already affiliated with first Wisconsin and it ultimately became part of first Wisconsin completely later on. Um, and when does it become merchants and farmers? Uh, that was at the beginning. It was merchants okay, and farmers so at the start. Yeah. Got it. So, then, so it opens um, as merchants and farmers, but it was, yes. it becomes first Wisconsin in, in just a couple of years. Well, yeah, it becomes, it stays, um, merchants and farmers, but it, it becomes sort of part of this cooperative group of banks um, yeah. under First Wisconsin. And then ultimately it actually becomes part of First Wisconsin. So by like the early 40s, it's called the First Wisconsin Bank Merchants Office. Okay, we're getting into the details <laughs> on this bank. Yeah, uh, so it's like, you know what I mean? So then if then it's officially kind of part of First Wisconsin. It's been it. sort of swallowed up, and but it keeps its own sort of distinct name. So yeah, so then uh, the bank... Um, closed in the 70s, early 70s, and then it became a Masonic temple for a little while. Ah, another Masonic temple. There, we Milwaukee had a, a few of these now, huh? Yeah, oh yeah. And then the church was in there for a while, and then um, it was vacant for a little while too, and then Bader bought it and had to do some work because it just, I mean, they removed the changes that the church had made. There was an altar had been put in there, and pews were in there, and there's a dropped ceiling. Um and then upstairs, somebody had already started to kind of tear out the offices. So that was a bit of a mess. I think they had to clean that up. And it's kind of cool to go in there now because it's completely renovated. So was it a bank for most of its life up until recently? Was it just a string of banks? Yeah, it was It was the bank up until the early 70s. Yeah. So really for, for the bulk of its initial life, it was a bank. And it was vacant for all that time? Well, no, because it had been the Masonic Center for a while for sort of the rest of the seventies and then the church had been in there for quite a while, but then it was vacant for the last few years. So it has this chapter as a string of banks and then, you know, the temple and the church. Um, let's talk about present day though. I mean, there's some cool, cool details that remain from the original building and um, let's just kind of talk about what's there now. Yeah. Yeah. So when you go in the main entrance under the beautiful clock outside um, you come into this old sort of framed out, um, Sort of air. I hate to say an airlock. It's, not, it's like a foyer where you come. <laughs> like a, it basically okay. prevents all the cold air from coming in in the winter. You know, like I mean, love those. And, yeah. Yeah. So I mean, if you once you see it, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Um, so it's sort of a separate little foyer. They kept that. That's beautiful. And then on either side of that are those old counters, those sort of like uh, wooden mar- wooden counters where they would keep like the deposit slips and the withdrawal slips, and they'd usually have like a pen on a little coiled wire so you couldn't walk away with the pen (laughs) (laughs) i remember those days yeah Um, and they kept both of those and they're sort of like little bar little bar areas where people can stand or sit you know um and then sam's office in the back used to be the vault and they said they had to 
they took out the vault when they were doing the renovation and it was um it was a massive job they had to cut it all up with um blow torches it was so huge and then even then they needed like forklifts to lift the pieces out it was <laughs> it was pretty wow. incredible well, yeah i mean the the vaults that they used to build were those were some serious pieces of construction right yeah, yeah. And unfortunately, I mean, there's another, there there had been a drop ceiling when the church was there that they pulled out. Um, but unfortunately, the typically ornate kind of interior bank ceiling uh, was in a really bad shape so that that could not be saved. So there's a new nicer drop ceiling in there now. Um, and then upstairs, they basically had a wide open floor plan because the old offices had been torn out. Um and so they were able to just kind of work with uh, Shalom Healing to say, what do you need up here and design it with with their input. So basically um, Shalom got to have exactly the kind of space they need the way they need it, which was, which was really exciting. And um, when I was there, it was, it was great because it was, it was very busy and it's amazing how the neighborhood has really kind of uh, embraced, I mean, not only Sam's place, which you'd expect because they know Sam. He has a profile in the in the community. They know who he is. But um, they really embraced the healing center too because, uh, you know, they have another um, office, I think, in River West or over toward yeah. River West. Mm-hmm. And um, so, you know, the neighborhood didn't really necessarily know them as people or as doctors and that. So, um, it, but they opened right when COVID hit, basically, or during COVID, you know. And so they immediately transitioned to doing COVID testing and that sort of thing. And, and it turned out to be really a, a big thing for the neighborhood. Um, and it, it really kind of helped build some trust between the neighborhood and the doctors. And so that, that is apparently a, a pretty great relationship, too. Yeah, we talked about that when all that was breaking initially. And they really stepped in and became a, a resource to the community right away. Um, and we heard, we heard that just initially from so many residents. Um, but you know, zooming back out to like to to Sam's, for example, um, I wonder if Sam has really had a shot of of being fully open yet. You know, because the I think the vision for that spot is so vibrant and cool of it being this this jazz cafe, a place where you, where you want to hang out. So, I, do you know how how COVID has affected Sam's? I'm not sure, but I know when I stopped in, it um, it wasn't super busy at that moment, but I know that they, I've seen photos posted uh, on social media of events that have been there. And it's, you know, I mean, I think they're trying like everybody else to kind of balance, um, you know, doing enough business to stay open, but making sure that everybody stays safe at the same time. So I think you're right. I think it's uh, no matter what's going on there, he's, he's not able to, to operate the place. Like it definitely seems like it should be, you know, with yeah. having, like, just the ability to go in. I mean, you could picture it in any given time. If other time, if I said it's a jazz cafe, you could imagine just the neighborhood being in there, music playing, you know, a band in there playing music, the espresso machine going. <laughs> and, and I think it's probably like that a little bit, but uh, the glory days are probably ahead. Let's yeah. Hope. And it sounds like they're doing some carry out as well. So you can still support that business and pop in and same with the, with the healing center. Yeah. He's definitely open and he's definitely doing business and um, the reviews I've heard have, have been great. So um, people should definitely stop in and, and then check it out. Yeah. Well, if you uh, saw the headlines, this is a really big deal for the Harambe neighborhood and uh, just really great to see the, the Harpole legacy uh, honored in this way, right, right in Harambe. 
Uh, of course, pictures and more, more details and more history. We, there's a lot of history to discuss here on a 1927 building. And Bobby digs into that and his complete story at On Milwaukee, which we've got linked at uh, right in the info box on the platform you're using to listen right here. You can find a link to Bobby's story. You can also always catch past Urban Spelunking episodes on our website at radiomilwaukee.org slash podcast for posting new episodes every Tuesday from Bobby and I here on the Urban Spelunking Podcast. Podcast here in 88.9 produced by Kenny Perez. And please do take a moment to rate and review the podcast. That definitely helps us to hear your feedback. So take a moment if you can and subscribe at radiomilwaukee.org slash podcasts.